嗨，嗨 ，I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Barefoot Office. It's a rainy night, and my windows are open, so maybe you can hear the rain and the traffic in the background. My Christmas lights are on. My shoes are off. My oldest two children are sleeping on the couch in the recliner next to me, and I'm here, ready to spend some time with you. And with Jesus, hoping to open up my spirit, listen to the things that come up as I read these words of the gospel. It's the gospel according to Luke tonight because it's a Sunday, and so the daily lectionary jumps into the Sunday lectionary. Although this isn't what was read at the morning prayer service that. Uh, I did on Zoom this morning, so I'm gonna have to do a little research into the lectionary and see kind of what's going on with that. But for now, we'll just begin our lectio practice and take note what word or phrase sticks out to you in these verses. And someone spoke to him out of the crowd, "Teacher, tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me." But he said to him, "Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter over you?" And he said to them, "Be wary and guard against all greed, because one's life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions." And he told them a parable, saying, "The land of a certain rich man yielded well." And he reasoned with himself, "What shall I do? For I have nowhere to gather in my fruits." And he said, "I shall do this." I shall put down my granaries and build larger ones, and I shall gather there all my grain and goods. And I shall say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, make merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night they demand your soul from you. The things you prepare, then whose will they be? Thus is the one storing up treasure for himself, but not being rich towards God. What word or phrase stuck out to you? To me, it was just, honestly just that first retort: "Who appointed me judge and arbiter over you?" As we read a second time. Our question becomes not what sticks out to us, but what sticks out to us because we think it teaches us. It says something about God. It seems somehow holy to us. And someone spoke to him out of the crowd, "Teacher, tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me." But he said to him, "Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter over you?" And he said to them, "Be wary and guard against all greed, because one's life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions." And he told them a parable, saying, "The land of a certain rich man yielded well." And he reasoned with himself, "What shall I do? 
for I have nowhere to gather in my fruits. And he said, I shall do this. I shall pull down my granaries and build larger ones, and I shall gather there all my grain and goods. And I shall say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, make merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night they demand your soul from you. The things you prepare then, whose will they be? Thus is the one storing up treasure for himself, but not being rich towards God. Where do you see God in this passage? The two places that made me pause this time, one was that one's life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions. And I find myself thinking about how frequently, on a regular basis, I am overwhelmed by my possessions. Just absolutely frustrated by them. The pile of t-shirts that I never wear in my drawer and another one in my closet the books and DVDs in messy piles on the floor against the wall in my living room, the total inability to have functional workspace in the kitchen because there's always things covering up all of the counter space. The way that when my children start to build forts, and rearrange the furniture. It just sets off an alarm bell against chaos in my brain, and I almost can't even function. I just have to get out and numb down and tune it out. Too many possessions stresses me out and makes me want to jump in and dive into some kind of crazy minimalist lifestyle, even as... I struggle to get rid of anything. I hold on to those t-shirts because they have emotional meaning and trigger certain memories to me. I don't pick up the books because I feel like I don't have time just to focus on that. Although I will say I cleared 80% of the piles of papers off of my eating table this morning and it just changes the look and feel of the whole space it's more peaceful more serene i didn't put all of the fort building things away out of the living room but even just taking the sleeping bag out from under the giant pillow makes a difference so for me My life's meaning is right now found in simplifying, getting rid of possessions and maybe making it a discipline to get rid of things once Goodwill and the Salvation Army and the thrift stores open back up. What can I just get rid of? Because they keep me from being present to myself, to my space, to my children. Hmm. The other thing I thought of was 
even in this translation from David Bentley Hart that can be a little off-putting sometimes in its strangeness, there's still punctuation. And I just thought it was interesting that in that second to last verse, but God said to him, fool this night, they demand your soul from you, semicolon. The things you prepare, comma, then, comma, whose will they be, question mark. And how interesting it would have been to change the punctuation. God said to him, fool this night, they demand your soul from you, the things you prepare. Your physical possessions demand your soul from you, your granaries, your retirement accounts, your piles of books and t-shirts all around you. They demand your soul from you this night. And whose will they be? Do the things that you own serve your peace, your presence, your love in the world? Or not? This is something that I'll think about and ponder in the next few days. This third time as we read, what is God calling you to do or to be in reading these words? And someone spoke to him out of the crowd. Teacher, tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Be wary and guard against all greed, because one's life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a certain rich man yielded well. And he reasoned with himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to gather my fruits. And he said, I shall do this. I shall pull down my granaries and build larger ones, and I shall gather there all my grains and goods. And I shall say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, make merry. But God said to him, Fool this night, they demand your soul from you. The things you prepare then, whose will they be? Thus is the one storing up treasure for himself, but not being rich toward God. What is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? I think for me, it's interesting that... uh, The second and third time I read this passage and I heard the ending of this verse, the description of the rich man, and I just thought, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, capitalism. But then also Dave Ramsey. And the last two nights as I've done this practice I've talked about student debt and I've experienced shame and suffering in my body and my choices in my spirit because of the popularity and the acceptance and the rigidness 
of people who are on the Dave Ramsey bandwagon. You should have an emergency account. You should have three months expenses saved up. And that just has never been possible in my life. And it's frustrating and it's hard and I punish myself for not meeting that expectation. And is this a direct critique against having three, three months expenses saved up? I don't know. It's a critique against having many years stored up in advance. But I just wonder about it. And so maybe tonight I'll clean up one or two of these piles of things and neaten them up. And I'll just say a prayer of thanksgiving for meaningful work, for enough security for this particular month. And just let that be enough. The prayer for the sixth Sunday of Easter. O God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours this night, this day, whatever time you listen to this podcast and do this Lectio practice. And may the love of God truly be poured into your hearts, that the light of God, which is in you, may grow and grow until you know that the light of God is the thing that you are, always. Always.